The show made for moms and families. It's Channel Mom. Moms should get more credit. Back when I became a mom, I realized people thought my former career in TV news was more important than my motherhood. But that's backward because moms are raising that next generation and the world depends on us to do it well. So moms, this is your time to sit back, relax, and let Channel Mom cheer you on and equip you in your job as a mom because you're doing some of the most important work on the planet. Channel Mom, we encourage moms. Now, here's your host, Jenny Dean Schmidt. Oh my goodness, that is me, and I just want to welcome you. I hope you're here today for a reason, and this show is a huge blessing to you. Uh, This is Channel Mom, where we encourage moms, and we focus on your amazing value as a mother in this world, because the the world forgets to remind you of that. All right, when you think all about it, as moms, we have already made purpose as parents, raising up that next generation. But as you look at the world around us, have you ever wondered how exactly to live with purpose, even beyond your motherhood, in the middle of a broken world? How do we show our kids how to do this, to love others, to have peace in the midst of turmoil, patience over what upsets us? How to find hints of heaven in a broken world and how to live out hope and peace and faith? The author of This Homeward Ache is going to help us with all of this, and I hope it's a blessing coming up on Channel Mom. Moms are a big deal, but sometimes the world forgets. That's why Channel Mom Media and Outreach is here. We exist to love, coach, and encourage every mom. Whether she's struggling with parenting, single motherhood, homelessness, or locked in prison, on the radio and social media, Channel Mom works to remind each mom of her importance and give her the latest and best advice. We also reach out to moms with our hands and feet, helping homeless and incarcerated moms, as well as moms in the country and mothers in the city. You can join our work by praying for us, volunteering, or giving at ChannelMom.org. The abortion rate continues to increase in Colorado, but there is still hope. For 40 years, the Compassionate Care Team at Alternatives Pregnancy Center has come alongside teens and adults who feel like abortion is their only choice. Alternatives lets them know they're not alone. Through advocacy, resources, and mentoring, Alternatives Pregnancy Center moves people from a place of suffering to thriving. You can be part of the solution by giving just $10 to provide life-saving medical and counseling services. Give today at youhavealternatives.org slash donate. Channel Mom with Jenny Dean Schmidt. Hey, welcome back to the show. Blessings to all of you moms out there who work so hard and sometimes feel like nobody notices and your kids forget to thank you daily um, or your grandkids, whatever. Uh, but we're here to help you out and so grateful that you're on board. And also for a few dads like producer Jim, who's a dad and uh, sometimes even listens to what uh, our guests have to say. A shout out to the moms who listen to us from all across the country. I think we might have a new affiliate in New Jersey So that's kind of cool. But you know where you are. We're so grateful for you from Idaho to Texas to New Jersey. Uh, Thanks for being on board. Also, uh, the folks who've been with us for many years right here in Denver and Colorado Springs. Welcome also to our podcast listeners. Our podcast, well, it's mostly up. Some days 
people are not interested. <laughs> but but mostly our podcast has been growing quite a bit, and I'm really grateful for that. So I hope you'll share it. If you're listening right now to the podcast and you think, my goodness, this message is helping me, share it with a friend that you think would be helped in her mothering or just in her life. We're everywhere, basically. Spotify, Audible, Apple, Google Podcasts, Podbean, etc. So just share it from there. And then finally, a shout out to our wonderful, wonderful sponsors from uh, you have alternatives.org alternatives pregnancy centers they do amazing work they they don't come from a judgmental position they come from a place of love and support and healing and help and so i just love the work they do you have alternatives.org please check them out all right i'm excited about this guest sometimes i confess i pick guests based partially on my interests and things i'm going through but i think to myself surely millions of other moms are going through the same thing but then a- after i pick them i think no i have to kind of structure this in a way that any mom who's listening is going to be helped by the author's message and i really think this particular message is going to help you she is the author of a brand new book called this homeward ache in other words earth isn't all that we need and the subtitle is how our yearning for the life to come spurs on our life today she's a wife and a mother of two girls uh she's a prolific writer she's artistic blah all the things i'm not going to go through the whole bio (laughs) i want to welcome amy beckley to channel mom welcome amy Hi, thank you so much for having me. Yes, it's a blessing. I'm really glad to have you on board, particularly today. Um, I'm, it's interesting, Amy, because last week, I think if I got my weeks right, we had Don Piper on. He's the famous author of 90 Minutes in Heaven. And he's in a brand new movie put out by the folks from Angel Studios who've done lots of things like Sound of Freedom and The Chosen and, you know, all mm-hmm. the things. And uh, this new movie is called After Death. And we, we had a clip from that. And I thought, you know, this kind of ties a little bit into what Amy's talking about, that that you know, for those of us who believe in, you know, God and and the Bible and, and Jesus and even some for, who, you know, who don't. We all know that heaven is a much better place than where we are right now. But that doesn't mean we should exit this place. It doesn't mean we should give up on this place. But it does mean that we kind of want to have that perspective of like, God is so good and so loving. And heaven is that, that, the proof of that. And so we had folks on last week, um, one f- person, uh, Don P- Piper, who talked about those near-death experiences where people see heaven and then come back to tell about it. And I, I've got a little clip of the movie just to remind all of us of the kind of homeward perspective, the, the heavenly perspective that you're talking about. I heard a voice before I woke up. You still have a purpose on Earth. I was very skeptical. I never felt alive and then dead. I felt alive and then more alive. Yeah, by the way, highly recommend that movie. What a profound movie, After Death. And they talk about... And, you know, some people don't believe it and they don't want to hear near-death experiences because they don't want to, you know, try to add to Scripture. But, But it's, you know, it's extra scriptural it's it's you know what i mean it's supplemental and and the visions they have just remind us that what god says to us in the bible what jesus says to us in the bible about the paradise to come and how much god loves us that he welcomes us to the perfect place is it, it, sort of what you're talking about so you say that you wrote this book mm-hmm. based on a yearning that you've had for a very long time and and, and i'm wondering for fellow ache bearers as you call them can you describe the yearning in order to help moms who are listening today understand what they might be feeling or even, you know, what their kids might be feeling when it comes to that yearning we maybe can't put our finger on. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I'm talking about a kind of yearning that tends to manifest itself in um, bringing us to a halt, I think, as we're going throughout our day. Um, and so I've, I start the, the book with a story about when I was about nine or 10 years old, um, being confronted with the sight of a meadow. And we were just, my family and I were just on a walk. But there was something about the site itself and the moment that it fell in and the way that the light cut across the pasture that um, gave me sort of a piercing sense of beauty and of peace mm-hmm. and of joy. And um, and that, I think that's the first time that I remember having that kind of encounter. But there are other folks who have described it as um, a stab of joy. That would be C.S. Lewis. Um, other people who have described it as thin places, or I think Emily of New Moon by Lucy Maud Montgomery describes it as the flash. But it's it's the kind of longing that um, it feels like joy, but it also feels like bittersweetness and poignancy. And some people experience it through being caught off guard by the lyrics and the music of a song, or the voice of the sea, or the call of geese at this time of year as you're watching them fly off. Um, it's a kind of yearning that shows up in that way, but that I believe is rooted in the eternity, the sense of eternity that God has set in the hearts of all men, like Ecclesiastes says. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So you had that yearning from the time you were little. You sort of thought, this this is so poignant, yet it's such a stark contrast to some of our daily life stuff. Um, and mm-hmm. and it, it's a reminder that there's something more, that there's something more. And you yeah. talk about the re-enchanted perspective when we're, mm-hmm. and which almost sounds like a Disney movie, but um, yeah. <laughs> you, you talk about that re-enchanted perspective when we're feeling weary as we mm-hmm. hold, as we try to hold on to a hope for the future in the midst of skepticism and turmoil and suffering, which we're seeing exponentially increase all over the world right now. So we think, oh, mm-hmm. I just want that re-enchanted perspective and, and I'm going to get personal and then it's all you for the rest of the, of the interview. I hope, um, you know, I got, I once got scolded by, you know, people write in and say what they don't like about you sometimes more than what they do like about you. And she said, you talk too much about yourself. And so, (laughs) so I try to kind of steer away from that, but at the same time, Mm -hmm. I want moms to know that I'm where they are and I understand and I've got problems too. And so this week, Amy, you and I've talked about this. I, it's been all the things we just were referring to, the turmoil and the trials of the world. And I, I won't go into much detail, but my husband had to have knee replacement surgery on Tuesday, and we live up in the mountains. So mm-hmm. I was going to be his main caregiver with our kids off at college and law school and such. So so there we were uh, Tuesday afternoon right after he had um, – uh, his knee replacement surgery and he's on drugs and he can't get upstairs to the kitchen so I have to do all the things for him and then um, about six hours after I got him home and was caring for him and doing things for him um, I got a call that my mom had fallen and was being squeezed and had been squeezed between those automatic doors at a grocery store it, like, <gasps> oh my yeah so it caught her and, and did damage to her ribs and her neck and all these other things so she's 86 and very very tiny and she was in the hospital and my papa has very you know ex- he doesn't like me to talk about it he, he's just struggling um, and he needs 24 mm-hmm. hour observance like somebody needs to be around him at all times or he could fall and all kinds of other things and so he's waiting there at the hospital with my mom there's all kinds of confusion so I have to leave my post-surgery husband and go to the mm-hmm. hospital to pick up my dad to, to to bring him home and make him dinner and get him ready for bed and it's midnight um and 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 so this has been my life for the last several days just non-stop running to my husband to my mom at the hospital to my dad taking care of him and i'm weary and i was only getting three hours of sleep you know all the all that right mm-hmm. 
And I thought, oh, this is so perfect that Amy's coming on because I need a homeward perspective. I need to remember mm-hmm. that it's the eternal things of, of love and service and, and sacrifice and, and our, our relationships with our children and our parents, if we still have them and, and our friends and all the ways in which we serve our fellow man and woman, right? And, and I think that's what you're drawing us to. And, and explain that. Yeah, I think um, what I'm looking to in the book, more than the idea of heaven as an escape, uh-huh. is, or even more than the idea of the the present heaven or the intermediary heaven, I think is how Randy Alcorn puts it, Yeah, um, more than that idea of just like where we're going to go immediately after death is um, I'm looking more towards the restoration that God has promised for us mm-hmm. with heaven coming to earth of God dwelling with us forever and the eternity that we have waiting for us where there will be no more death or no more pain and no more tears. And we will, but we will also have fully present, fully physical resurrection bodies and there will be feasting and there will be worship. And I think it's as I've looked into that and the yearning really led me there. But as I, as I've looked into that, that has given me hope for what is going on in the here and now, because as Jesus talks about the kingdom of God coming, he says that it's coming, but he also says that it's here and that it's in our midst now. And so that means that there's an eternity breaking through. And I think sometimes we sense it or we long for it more than in other moments. But if we, it's, it's not a matter of us conjuring it up or reminding ourselves. It's there. And if we have the sight to see it and if we have his help in recognizing it, then I think it is possible to walk through every day being conscious of how he is immediately present with us here and all of the things that we're longing for are starting to break through even now, even the healing that we're waiting for now. So much of that is being put into motion now. <sighs> I mean, <laughs> that even got a snort out of me. That I mean, it's amazing. It's am- <sighs> to, to live like that, to teach our children to live like that, to teach our grandchildren to live like that is a difficult task. And, and you say, you know, it's more than simply wanting to go to heaven. Like, I'm done with this. I'm not, you know, I'd rather just be in heaven. It's more, as you said, to look for these, these glimpses that, that, that allow us to have joy in the here and now and to bring joy to others and to, to share the love of God that we can see here on earth. And, and, and you talk about three practices and I want you to pass these on to moms, three practices that have helped you embrace that kind of promise of restoration for all of us and and the fact that god's already up to that here on earth even when it doesn't feel like it even on bad days where people are sick and people are angry and there's division right but you say there are three things that can help us and our children embrace that promise of restoration from god that promise of new creation yeah um, i will say that those three practices aren't spelled out in bullet points in the book they're just kind of woven throughout the stories that are being told in the essays uh, so just in case anybody goes looking for it, but I'd say one of them is um, an attitude of wonder. And I think actually being around children, that they have more to teach us about this than we have to teach them. But uh, approaching the world with an attitude of wonder helps us to remember how strange and wonderful it is. Mm-hmm. This creation is the way that it is. And also how strange uh, and something not to be taken for granted that the God of the universe loves us. The, the way that he loves us and that he is intimate, uh, infinitely great, but he's also intimately small and that he's involved in as you know, in the matters, the minutes and the seconds of our day, as much as he is with the, 
you know, the rise and fall of nations. And so I think that's something that's worth paying attention to, especially when you're around kids. So number one, um, and, and, and I know you, yeah. you don't like the bullet point thing because you're you're oh, far no, you're fine. far too sophisticated for all of that. But number one <laughs> is an attitude of wonder, and I think moms are, can lock into that, especially with little ones. Just that sort of like, oh my! I remember my when my daughter was amazed when she saw my belly button, and she's like, oh, look at that! Like when she was a little toddler, and I was like, yeah, you've got one too. Um, I, you know, um, so but that, it's true to have an attitude of wonder, yeah. and I just I, I I remember being mesmerized by her joy. Like, wow, just that gave you joy. So, so number one, attitude of wonder. What's number two? Number two, um, I'd say cultivating a holy imagination. So a lot of times that happens through stories. I think that's why people look upon the Chronicles of Narnia so fondly yeah. or the Lord of the Rings, because it helps to cultivate our imaginations and helps us to imagine what it will be like um, for things to be healed and made whole again. Or it helps us to set the frame of our suffering in the context of the greater story that's going on that God is telling about himself and about us throughout history. So um, I think paying attention to art and cultivating that holy imagination. Um, There's something that George MacDonald said um, in an article about imagination once that's always stuck with me. He said, we have an imagination. It's been given to us by God. And either you can ignore it or you can use it. But if you ignore it, it's going to get used anyway. And so you'll just have a stunted form, you know, you'll have something that you haven't cultivated, but that's imagining it could be like anxious situations or the worst case scenarios. And I think we tend to do that a lot as moms. Yeah. But if we take that imagination and we nurture it and we nurture it in a holy way, so we, we do it um, in line with scripture, but also um, following the work of artists and theologians and creative people who are encouraging us to think about what it really might look like to dwell with God or what it really might look like to arrive home to him. Those are all ways, I think, of helping to shape a healthier view and one that will give strength to our souls. I oh, that's so good, Amy. That's so, as, as a person who has struggled almost lifelong with fear, and, and I come from an anxious family, um, I think that, and I think a lot of moms will be identif- to able to identify with this. We can ruminate on on fearful worst case scenarios, or what if this, or what if that, and maybe we've got one that we think is unfolding. I mean, diagnosed with this or that. I was diagnosed with breast cancer five years ago, and and I was fortunate it was stage one, and here I am five years later. Mm-hmm. But but you can mm-hmm. go to the worst case scenario, and you can just focus on that thing. Um, and I have a life coach named Dale who says, look up, look up, look away from looking at self and all the bad, you know, all the little things you think are going wrong and with your kids, what, you know, and you're right. Mm-hmm. If we could get our focus off all the fleshy stuff, like this is it, you know, my finances are horrible. My health is going wrong. My kids are sick. My kids are whatever. Right. If we can just look mm-hmm. up and say, no, there's a greater, better story and it's going to be okay. And, and God mm-hmm. really is good all the time. I mean, I, I just love that you're directing us to that. So, so that's principle number two uh, about imagination. Can you repeat that? What is that? Uh, yeah, cultivating a holy imagination. And I will say just as a follow-up on what you just said, I think when we do that, it actually, God redirects our focus back into the fleshly things and the life that we're living now. And he makes it possible for us to see um, the eternal work that's going on now, kind of like the servant, um, Elisha's servant, whose eyes are opened, if, you, yeah, if your yeah. listeners remember that story. but. When Elisha prays for him, he looks around and he sees the hills filled with chariots of fire, like the host of the Lord on defense for them. And it wasn't that he was imagining or hallucinating something. He was seeing the thing that was actually there that had been hidden from his sight before then. And I think 
that is what cultivating the holy imagination can help us do. It brings us back into our everyday reality and again, not to escape it, but to engage more fully with it. Amen. And it takes the fear out of it. There's a reason Jesus said, do not fear all the time, because he could see all that. And he thought it's not, (laughs) it is not just that accident you've been through or that diagnosis or that financial lack. It's not just that small thing. There's something bigger and better going on. God is shaping things here. It's, you know what I mean? I I love, Mm -hmm. I love, love, love that. Okay. So what's number three? Yeah, um, I'd say number three is keeping in regular community with other people who are looking forward to the same things. Because it's one thing for you to experience the yearning yourself or to come across these shots of beauty in your day that just, you know, that you want to thank the Lord for and that you um, talk to him about. But when you are in community with people who are also longing for home and who are also looking for him in their everyday there's something just surpassingly beautiful about that. I think it's like you're all huddled in the dark waiting for the dawn to rise together. Um, But in that interchange, I found so many rich conversations and recommendations um, of things that fuel our hope. Yeah. 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 That's beautiful. Um, For the mom that's like, okay, this all sounds glorious. um, And and the principles are glorious. How does she just sort of on a practical day to day basis, maybe she's sitting with a three year old or a 13 year old or a 23 year old, or maybe she's sitting Mm -hmm. with a grandchild and she thinks things are dreary today or my child is struggling with this or my husband is struggling with this or or the world is struggling how does she have that t- moment where she says okay amy tells me i have this longing for, for for the heavenly and for and for god piercing through our earth with the heavenly and with good things like how does she get to that place in her own mind and heart and how does she lead a child there mm-hmm. well I think there are a number of ways that can be done, um, but I think they all arise from uh, the mother or the father or whoever it is having that desire to begin with and storing up and treasuring those things in our hearts first, because I think everything else naturally flows out of that. But I guess on a practical level, one of the ways that I think it works in our house is that I have a morning time devotional at the breakfast table with my girls. and. I don't know how this happens, but we've been reading through just passages of the Old Testament. And as we do so, um, naturally, other things from stories that we've read get tied in, or we end up talking about, look at, you know, look at the brokenness of this world. But do you want to take a minute to wonder about this thing that happened to you yesterday or wonder about this thing? Like, why is this here? Is there a greater mystery at work? And I think there's something about leaving room for mystery and wonder and not needing to have a pat answer for everything that helped my children to um, almost expect the presence of God as a wild card, I guess. Yeah, so that's we are, good. I think, reading the Bible and expecting to be surprised by him continually, because really, I think a lot of that is what's happening throughout the, the historical narrative of the Old Testament is that he's showing up constantly in ways that people don't expect him, and but also showing up with an intent to help us know what his character is like and what he's like. And so, um, yeah, I think there are a lot of ways that can be done, like reading, reading. Um, I, I mentioned Narnia before, but I'll mention it again. But even reading through Narnia with my kids has given rise to so many good conversations. But I think really that key of wonder and mystery helps a lot, too, in that conversation. And to, and to encourage your kids to find that. I love the way you put that, because I think sometimes we want to have a fleshy, earthly like, oh, God must be doing this, or he must be teaching me this, or this must be, or they must have, that must happen to them because they did this wrong thing or whatever. And we mm-hmm. reduce God when we do that. 
And we do take the mystery and wonder out of the, the infinite, incredible, perfect being that he is and, and mysterious. You know, my papa and I, he, he's not quite where I am with Jesus. He's a, he's a theologian and he's, he doesn't believe exactly what I believe. Um, yet, but he talks a lot about the mystery of God. And he says, Jenny, how can you define it as this? Or, you know, because there's the mystery of God. But but you're right. We sometimes want to whittle him down to the something that we can understand. I'm like, he must be doing this, or he must be showing me this, or he must have given me the right? And, and we mm-hmm. need to allow him to be glorious and mysterious and amazing, you know, and sometimes we don't do that. And for our kids, too. They, they understand he's amazing sometimes better than we do. All right, so we've only got yeah. about two minutes, one and a half minutes left. Amy, how do they, they find you uh, if you want to have a last 30-second word about what you hope they get out of the book, and how do they find you in the book? Okay. Um, you can find more information about the book at thishomeward8.com. Um, I have a website, amybeckley.com, and I'm probably most active on social media on Instagram, and that's the same handle. Amy Beckley. Okay, and back um, back is B A I K, by the way. Amy Beckley. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I okay. think my hope for the readers who come to this book is that they might have. I hope that it gives them space to recognize their own moments of when they've encountered this longing, uh-huh. which is really a, another way of saying their own moments of when God has been calling out to them. Because I think He's the one who initiates every one of those. Yeah, and, and they, I think what I'm. Mm-hmm. And we only have, literally have 40 seconds left, but they can, they can yeah. find purpose in that. And I want my purpose in their motherhood and beyond and, and, yeah. and see God calling to them. So I love it. Um, the homeward ache by Amy Beck Lee t- profound. Thank you so much for being on the show today, dear. Thank you. And this, you know, we just went through Thanksgiving. I just hope that you found things to be thankful for from the God of the universe. I'm thankful for you. You do so much to raise the next generation. You sacrifice. You, you, you lead your kids to see the amazing God of the universe, the wonder of him. So God bless you and thanks for all you do. Please check us out at channelmom.org. You can give. You can help us. Um, you can bless us by being a volunteer. Yeah. God bless you guys. Thanks so much to my family, too, for tuning in. And, yeah, I hope my whole family's getting better. <laughs> If Channel Mom Radio and Podcasts give your mom life a boost of encouragement, would you consider supporting us? In order to keep our broadcasts on the air and serve moms and kids on the ground, we need help from listeners like you. You can support us through a one-time donation or by signing up to be a monthly partner at an amount of your choice. Just go to channelmom.org and click Donate at the top of the page. New monthly donors will receive a special gift package in the mail. While research shows moms are undervalued and families are struggling to stay together, Channel Mom works to lift up motherhood and add value to your family. We depend on donors like you to provide outreach to at-risk moms in prison and homeless shelters or dealing with single motherhood. Our life-changing programs are over capacity, so your donation will help us serve more moms and kids. Be a part of the change you want to see from others and families. Visit ChannelMom.org and click Donate. We thank you for your generous support, and may God bless you for coming alongside Channel Mom.